Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Looking for a reliable, fast, and unlimited internet provider? Look no further than Bug Tussle. Whether you're streaming, gaming, working, or learning, Bug Tussle has you covered. Bug Tussle has continued to serve the rural communities of Wisconsin for over 20 years by providing the most reliable, high speed internet, and excellent local customer service. Call 877-227-0924 or visit btussle.com to get started. Bug Tussle, we're out there because you're out there. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Again, that's HerbertHP.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. The Midwest Farm Report. And good morning to you. It's a Monday morning. I'm Kristen Smith along with... Jill Welke. Good morning, Jill, and how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. How about yours? My backside is a little sore. You sat down too much? I sat down too much. My kids both had basketball games this weekend. Oh, you got bleacher butt. I got bleacher butt. Oh, yeah. You'll have to get one of those little cushiony (gasps) things and sit on it. I know. I even took my winter coat with. Like, Saturday, it wasn't bad, but by Sunday, halfway through the second game, I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) So that's what uh, you must have needed for Christmas, or is that a uh, going to be a Valentine's Day gift? Or you I'll know? just go and get one. <laughs> oh, more efficient that way. Yeah, I, I don't know how it would be. What'd you get for Valentine's Day? I got a, a butt pad. I mean, that just doesn't sound very romantic. Uh, well, yeah, no, I guess not. But you know, sometimes it's the useful items that mean the most. I'd rather get a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because, I mean, it just, it sounds better. You know, people are like, oh, that's so old-fashioned. You want a toaster, you know. You want a toaster or do you want a vacuum or something like yes. that, maybe? Ooh, oh. you're going to get me a vacuum? No. What? what? Are you my Valentine? Well, yeah. <laughs> I should be everybody's Valentine. Of course you are. See, look at that. But, no, it was fun watching the kids play. You know, of course we won. You know, our team did. But it was just cute watching all the kids out there playing. I mean, they range from... 11 years old, 12 years old, you know, down to 8 and 9 years old. So it was just kind of cute to watch them. Actually, I think it's also fun to watch them, how they get along and how they can... It gets to a point where they kind of almost can read their each other's minds and they know what's coming next. And yep. that's the fun part. It is. It was a lot of fun. It was a good weekend. And the good news is 
It's going to get even better this week. I know some people aren't going to be happy with it, but guess what we're getting tomorrow? I hope we get some snow. We are getting some snow. Actually, we're going to be talking to our 13 First Alert meteorologist, Mike Dandry, a little bit later on, on the winter storm warnings that are already being placed, and of course, the watches. Well, and I always, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that it would be nice to get some snow out there. First, we need the moisture, and it always cleans things up, is what yes. I always say. Everything looks, because, you know, we're not growing stuff now. We might no. as well have it white. Exactly. And white is a universal color. There you go. It's just so pretty and clean. and Yeah. And, yeah. The, and if we get enough, maybe those snowmobilers will finally be a little bit happier to get those yep. suns out. And the tubers and the skiers and snowboarders. and Which one are you? Uh, I, I'm the one that sits in the chalet. Oh, and maybe drink an adult beverage or two? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore? No, nope, I'm good. It's just good watching. <laughs> but we got a whole lot more coming up this morning, including the weather, markets, news, a lot of stuff for you. Well, ah, we're going to change it up it's, today. It's been a while since you've been here. So. I know, like December 18th. Well, that's one way to kick off your Monday morning. Again, Kristen Smith and Jill Welke with you. And Jill, you were we were just talking off air a bit about the fairs. And there's something started yesterday. Yes, the Wisconsin Fair Association's co- convention started up yesterday. And boy, they got a lot of stuff going on from trade shows to educational opportunities and contests. And the 2024 Wisconsin Fairest of the Fairs will be chosen on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. So I'm sure Thursday morning you're going to have the 411. We're going to have that as our big announcement. I'm sure we will. Excellent. Good stuff there. We've got some interesting things. We're going to be talking about Egg Day at the Capitol. And Jill, what day is that set up for here? That's coming up at the end of the month. That is on January 31st. That's put on by the Wisconsin Federal... Farm Bureau Federation, and it's at the Monona Terrace in Madison. The day kicks off at 11 with registration, followed by a program at 11.30. After lunch, the attendees will dive into brief issues and then head to the Capitol to meet their legislators between 3 and 5 p.m. You do have to schedule your appointments in advance when you need to do that before the 31st. Early registration is a steal at $30, so grab your spot before prices jump to $60 after January 25th, or you can buy them at the door. Very good. Egg day at the Capitol, and a lot of people go to that. There is a lot of people that go to that one. There are some other ones that are put on by other uh, organizations, too. So anytime you can get your voice heard down at the Wisconsin Capitol, I think it's a good thing. Excellent. Well, we've got a lot more coming up. Thank you so much, Jill. But we've got more information. We've got calendar items. That's all coming up yet this morning. Midwest Farm Report. All right. We're at that time of the morning. We're going to kick things off. We've got markets coming up this morning. We've got weather news. And if you're just jumping out of bed and stretching, winter storm warnings are going into effect. More so for those southern and western counties. Lacrosse area estimating five to seven inches of snow tomorrow. Watches are already in effect, like for Clark County, Trempolo County, but they're not going to actually go into effect until later tonight. We are going to get some snow later on tonight, about one inch, and then tomorrow, that's when we're going to get the one to three inches in the morning. All right, we're going to touch base on some farm news this morning. And I think this, Jill, I think this is a fun one because we've been hearing things, we've been talking about things, and everyone thinks, you know, 
how much farmland is owned by the U.S. versus China, Japan, you know, all these other foreign countries. And it actually came out that China does not own the most farmland in the United States, according to a new USDA report. It's actually Canada. Did you know that, Jill? I didn't research it, but uh, I think I've heard a little bit about that. I last, last week I did a story on who owns it within the United States, and I mm-hmm. talked about the Mormon church owning it. Yep. So it is kind of interesting to always find out who really owns our land. Yeah, 32% of our land, or 14.2 million acres, is actually owned by Canada. And the other five countries that round out those top five are the Netherlands at 12%, Italy and the United Kingdom at 6%, and Germany at 5%. Now, together, those citizens in those countries hold 13 million acres of the foreign-held acres in the United States. China actually owns less than 1% at just over 349,000 acres. So, altogether, 43.4 million acres of forest and farmland in the U.S. is owned, foreign-owned, as of December 31st of 2022. So, that was over a year ago. Now, the top five states with the most foreign farmland investors are Maine at 21.1%, Hawaii at 12.8%, Alabama and Michigan both at 8.6%, and Nevada at 8.1%. And, as we all know, foreign-held farmland has been a hot-button topic at Capitol Hill. And Farm Journal Washington correspondent Jim, I think it's Weismeyer, thinks it will continue to gain momentum in 2024 as a political ploy used by the candidates. Well, and on a note, I do know, I did do a little research on this, and Canada owns a lot of forests. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that they're using a lot of that for production, production agriculture. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, you know, even looking at the five top states, you know, you've got Maine. I was like, Maine? Really? Yeah, I, and that's a big forest area. Yeah. So. And then Hawaii, I figured Hawaii. Uh, Alabama and Michigan, those I did not anticipate. I didn't either. And Nevada, that one. I mean, who wants Nevada? Well, they they might be gamblers. (laughs) Maybe they got loan shark issues. I don't know. (laughs) I guess I'm thinking on the the farmland part of it, Mm because Nevada is not terribly, terribly productive (laughs) when it comes to growing corn. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting story, and it's... You know, because everyone thinks, well, China owns it, China owns it, and then to actually see it, it's like, ooh, Canada does, so... I just thought that was an interesting story today. Very interesting. Well, we're going to be touching base on weather. That's coming in next. Today is going to be a cloudy day with a high of 33 degrees. Tonight, clouds and then some snow. A little bit around one inch or so, low of 30 degrees. Tomorrow, snow in the morning and then cloudy in the afternoon. High of 34. Tomorrow night, cloudy. And then it's going to get windy. They're talking gusts up to 40 miles an hour. Low of 23. Wednesday, cloudy and 29. Wednesday night, snow showers coming in, about an inch or so, a little dusting here and there. Low at 21 degrees, and then the temps are going to drop. It's going to get cold. Right now, temperatures in the area. We've got Medford, 23 degrees. La Crosse is at 27. Marshfield at 27 degrees. Green Bay on that big win yesterday afternoon, last evening. 30 degrees over there right now. 22 up in Rice Lake, 28 in Wausau. Madison is at 27. Milwaukee, 31 And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 27 degrees. And this morning's markets again are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, lead us off for the morning. Our cash livestock starts out with choice-fed beef steers, 
165 to 171 with mixed steers at 128 to 164. Choice fed beef heifers are 165 to 172 with those mixed heifers at 133 to 164. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 169. Choice fed Holstein steers are 145 to 150 with select and silage fed steers 96 to 144. Cows are 74 with 10 to 109. Bulls are 80 to 113. Butcher hogs are 30 to 79. Sows are 25 and a half to 29 with boars at 10 to 15. New crop market lambs are 180 to 210. Feeder lambs are 155 to 280. And ewes are 95 to 135. Small goats are 12 and a half to 185 dollars. Medium goats are 120 to 260 dollars. Large goats are 150 to 460 dollars. With nanny goats at 115 to 270 dollars. Thank you so much, Jill. And switching over to that mercantile exchange, your live cattle for February's at 170.57. That was down 55 cents. April's at 173.40, down 90. June is at 170.55, down a dollar. Feeder cattle for January is at 223.12, down a dollar 55. March came in at 224.15, down a dollar 50. April was at 229.77, also down a dollar 50. Lean hogs for February is at $70 on the head. That was up 95 cents. April's at 76.37, up $1.42. And May was at 83.15, up $1.35. Switching over to the Chicago Board of Trade on the overnight. Your March corn was down a fraction at 460. March oats were up six at 359. Your March beans, they were down just two cents to 1253. March soybean meal was down 20 cents. To three sixty nine twenty a ton. Your March wheat was down nine at six oh six. Switching over to the dairy side, barrel cheese was down a half a cent to a dollar forty one. Your blocks were down two cents to a dollar forty three and a half. Double A grade butter took a hit on Friday, down seven and a half cents to two fifty seven and a half. Class three futures, those were downward trending. January down fourteen cents to fifteen twelve. February down nine to fifteen fifty three. March down sixteen cents to sixteen sixteen. April was down 12 cents to $17. May was down a dime to $17.65. And those markets were downward trending through December. And again, that's a look at your morning market. Jill and I were talking a little bit off air because you know, she was picking on me about my Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> and I, I let you know that there is a trick to going to basketball games. And the Especially trick is, for a female. And the trick is... You cannot wear... You know, the, the blue jeans that have the bling bling on the back pockets. You got to have those uh, leggings. Leggings, don't yes, you? because otherwise the bling pushes in and then you get these little indents all over and it's more pressure. Yeah, and then it's not even. Yes. And then, and then you get uneven bleacher butt. I know. So, I mean, I, I don't know if, if the, the, the bleacher pad would help me, you know, so I could wear jeans. Well, I don't know. You could try it either way. Well, I mean, we should get some listeners calling in that have experimented with this before. Oh, well, yeah. And how much uh, bleacher time are you going to be having for the rest of the season? Uh, The rest of January and into February. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to get a good taste of it then. Oh, yeah. Very good. Well, we're not gonna. We're gonna switch off of, of bleachers now. We're gonna be hearing from Dr. Corey Walters from the University of Nebraska. Bob had a chance to catch up with him. Bob, catch us up. What's going on with Dr. Corey Walters? Where are these markets going for agricultural commodities? Let's find out. Dr. Corey Walters with us from the University of Nebraska Agricultural Economics Department. First of all, Corey, one of the things that we're dealing with in the Farm Bill is 
crop insurance. And I think most people expect crop insurance is going to be in the Farm Bill and maybe be enhanced, but not without challenges. The General Accounting Office doesn't think maybe it's a good idea. There's some money going where maybe it shouldn't and too much. Correct. That's the that's the report. I've uh, not read it in, in a lot of detail yet, but the, this has been something on the horizon that that there are some you know excess profits floating around in the industry, um, and they are giving some advice on where those things are at and and some potential solutions. Now now with that, it's this is just standard procedure. This is taxpayer dollars coming back. Um, we need to make sure those are used efficiently and effectively. Uh, what will actually transpire out of this, you know, that will be a, a, a great debate because there are, there are very good things about crop insurance, particularly, you know, helping rural economies survive um, and, and flourish into the future. And, and of course, there's going to be some hiccups along the road because it's a, uh, it's a, it's a complex program with a, a lot of different interests in it and a lot of different viewpoints. So I, I don't know which one's the right way, but uh, we, we should always be looking to make things more efficient and effective. The folks that are going to write this farm bill are saying that uh, crop insurance is a given. But you do expect it to be tweaked because there is not going to be any extra money. We've got to deal with what we've got already fun financially in a farm bill. Crop insurance as a whole, as far as the, the menu of contracts that producers can select from, that's not going anywhere. Where I think it, the, the action is going to be is up in the reinsurance side of it and the, the, the administrative and operating expenses and all that sort of stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes. And then there is, of course, the question of, of if you're a really wealthy, large farm, should you be getting the same amount of subsidies as a smaller counterpart? That's, that's a fundamental question that's been going on for a long time. We'll continue to debate this thing of what what that means, and there's good sides and bad sides to, to that argument. It's 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 unclear to me what what's the best way to move forward. Moving forward, too, we're still going to have the the private uh, insurers involved in this. The government doesn't want any part. It doesn't seem like of uh, of being in charge of the insurance itself. <laughs> Correct. Yes, incentivizing those private insurance companies, those AIPs, to go out and procure uh, contracts has been fantastic because they've done a great job. Uh, agents are very knowledgeable on how the the system works, and so no, that's that's not going to go anywhere. Uh, they they will be there, but again, they independently get to select where they operate. Um, how they share in the reinsurance markets, how they pay agents. There's, there's a lot of choices they get. And, you know, if there's some that aren't as, as uh, uh, efficient with that, you know, that's, that's going to be tougher for them, it appears so, moving forward. And as we do move forward, we get into the, uh, the new year. We're into the new fiscal year as far as the government is concerned. Cropping situations that we're dealing with, who knows what will happen next year as far as the uh, weather is concerned. But as you look at these markets here at the end of the year going into the, the new year, are you surprised where they're at being the world situation? I am never surprised. I am trying to manage a portfolio of what could happen in my farm operation. So very likely quite a few folks have sold some you know, off the combine, some have some in storage, and some pre-harvest uh, marketed some. So they, you got to work off an average price. I can't tell you where the price path is going to go into the future, uh, but but if you you know let every leave everything unpriced, um, you know you're going to get you know that that maximum amount of uncertainty, and then uh, you know relieving some of that by selling something. You're working on an average price, so always think about your average price because going forward, it's it's unpredictable. There's too many forces that can enter the market and push it in ways that we can't fathom right now. The forces we can fathom, though, are China, as far as imports, 
South America as far as exports, what's going on in Ukraine. Are there other forces that, uh, that you're looking at, some unforeseen forces that we don't see that you see in your research? They'll be revealed when they reveal themselves, if they are. I still can't stress enough about thinking about that average price, knowing that, that there are things in, you know, in, in the woods that haven't revealed themselves yet. And always remember that the, the, the commodity prices we see today are opinion. They're opinion of buyers and sellers who are actively trading those, and that can change at any moment in time. And I'm always on the side of it's good to, be, to have some unsold crop somewhere in the system because you never know what opportunities could come, but you, we always have to accept the downside risk of that as well. How do we look at uh, the unsold crop? We've got, uh, you know, maybe one of the best jobs I have right now is a grain bin salesman because uh, there's a lot of crop stored on farm, a lot of uncertainty and unhappiness with the current prices we have. So uh, how do you look at that as far as uh, a price point? Every farm different? Uh, uh, well, of course, but uh, the, you know the big picture ones are you know what's the carry in the futures market, and then what's your local basis doing to incentivize you to let loose of that. And we have to put our mind back in the current price uh, that we're seeing now. That this price path, we can't go back to what it was a year ago. Uh, we have to we have to stay forward looking and and look at that that what the market's offering us now. And of course, you know we're getting into the the holiday season here. You know, there may not be a lot of buying going on right now because people are, are ending, you know, going places, doing things. So, so maybe prudent to wait to the to the beginning part of next year. And then, of course, on the seasonality front, you know, you, you got to get into May to, to June for that. As far as looking at the charts of what uh, you know the Chinese might need, uh, you know, what we can export out of uh, Ukraine, their fight with Russia. How much up in the air are some of those situations still, or can we put any positivity at all into saying this is what China has to have? They can only get so much from South America. I mean, this, there are a lot of wild cards out there. Uh, yes, there's a lot of wild cards, and you're, you're reminding me of a of a, uh, a story from some traders here uh, a few years ago that were over there in China uh, visiting, and they asked them, "How do you count how much corn?" or whatever commodity it is out in the countryside, and the, the Chinese official uh, looked back at him and said, well, it's really easy. He said, we just wait until we hear what you guys say is here. <laughs> and so how reliable is something like that as far as a farmer is concerned to find that price? So the excitement in that part is is we have to wait until they come in and start buying. And, and we don't know if they will or not, but we have to be there with some with some grain to sell them if they do enter it, and know that if they don't, you know, the the, the downside may uh, uh, end up on us. But but always have a chance for some upside. We we don't know when they'll enter. They they'll keep their cards close to them. Are there other countries? Of course, Mexico, Canada, Japan, China, the wild card kind of. Are there other countries, other parts of the world that uh, could rise up and be a factor here in the future? Do you see? You're you're on the the purchasing side. Yeah, uh, nothing comes to my mind right now, but that's why I, I have you know, un, unsold commodities in the bend because we never know, um, and because they, they keep their cards close, and then it, and then it hits, and and then all of a sudden it becomes front page news, and the traders start trading it, and speculators enter the market, and prices go up. So as we uh, go forward, uh, some advice at the end of the year, going into the next marketing year, before we get into planning season, as far as looking at these markets. 
accept the markets that we're in. You know, look forward. We're, you can't look back. Don't don't get, don't get depressed about it. Um, there still can be some reasonable profitability in this. Use seasonality in your your advantage. Um, the, the the seasonality can can give you some uh, you know gains of, of trading um, over time. But you you know every few years we'll take a, a lick here or there. But seasonality generally, of course, through time will work well. Are you surprised that corn has gotten so close down to four dollars as it has? No. I, my, my price range is is quite quite wide. Um, there, it's it's often what we don't see that could have happened that's more important than what's actually happened, um, and we always have to remember that it's it's we only get one price path a year, and there's thousands millions of ways it could have, it can evolve this year. It happened to go down. Got to be flexible. Totally flexible and become immune to uh, uh, these things where it doesn't put you in a in a financial bind with the banker. Very good, Dr. Corey. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Dr. Corey Walter from the University of Nebraska, ag economist, visiting Wisconsin. I'm Bob Bosold. Okay, and we're back, and thank you, Bob, for speaking with Dr. Corey Walters. We've got your morning markets. Those will be coming in next. Rocky Olson from Premier. He'll be joining us soon. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. Rocky Olson is joining us now from Premier Livestock. And with you, good morning, Rocky. Good morning. And you had a good weekend. Oh, yeah. All so, good. And you said your kid is in wrestling now. Yes, he is. Yep. So do you have issues with bleacher butt? We were talking about this this morning. Oh, yeah. But I get, I get up and move around plenty. Oh, you so. do? So are you oh, on? The, are you one of those parents that's on the floor, you know, counting with the with the referees? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I yeah, can see you down there slapping yep. the the floor with your hand. Yep. Oh good, and he did good. Yeah, did good. Got the second in his weight category and got up. So kind of starting the uh, starting the year off there and getting back at her. Excellent. Well, great. Well, let's get back to work, Rocky. Catch us up. What's going on at Premier Livestock with the markets? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how last week's auction shaped up. Uh, we sold right at 2,400 head of livestock. Uh, fed cattle traded stronger. High choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 147 to 158. Select and low choice, 136 to 146. Uh, choice beef steers and uh, beef uh, cross, uh, up to 168. Market cows also stronger. High yielding cows from 92 all the way up to $1.16. Uh, many cows from 77 to 91. Market bulls high yielding from 95 to 112. Low yielding and lightweight 94 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday and Tuesday, mostly from 135 all the way up to 169. Those lower yielding and lightweight 134 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves very, very strong here last week. Bulk of them from two fifty to five hundred dollars on those Holsteins. Your beef cross calves from three hundred up to six eighty. Uh, this week at Premier Tuesday, that's going to be our special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction. Looks like a really nice run there. Uh, Wednesday we get our hay auction. Uh, nice run of hay coming up for that sale. That's going to be at nine thirty. Uh, then dairy cattle auction at eleven. We do have two complete uh, dairy herd dispersals. Uh, lots of consignments, fresh cows, spring and heifers. Uh, make sure to call us 
if you guys got early consignments for those sales. Uh, early consignments on our website, uh, detailed market reports, and sales schedules. Check us out at uh, premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, don't forget to also check out our Premier uh, Facebook page as well. Uh, and once again, any questions, give us a call anytime. Uh, it's Premier at 715-229-2500. And, Kristen, that's how things are shaping up, and that's how things are looking forward. Excellent. Now, you're also taking consignments for your spring machinery auction. That's coming up in March. Correct. Good point there. Uh, yeah, going to be March 15th. Uh, looking, that's always one of our better sales of the year. Everybody's out there ready to get going for that March sale. So Excellent. And that's uh, March 15th. That's the Ides of March. Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. No, we're really looking looking forward to that yeah, one. Yeah, and so. you planned that perfect because you did it before St. Patrick's Day. So there's no excuse for anyone to say, oh, I, I couldn't make it that day. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, Rocky. Well, thanks for the update. We'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you much. There Bye. he goes, Rocky Olson at Premier Livestock and Withy. The Midwest Farm Report. All right, it's that time in the morning. Miss Morgan McCarthy is joining us now from the newsroom. Good morning, Morgan. Catch us up. It's a busy morning. I see you running around. What's going on in the newsroom today? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today as we come out of a weekend and plug into a new week. We'll start in a different part of the state, and that's Ozauke County in that area, as there will be no charges filed in a deadly shooting. The district attorney in Washington County says a deputy had no choice but to shoot and kill a wanted suspect in October. And it was over the weekend that district attorney in that area, Adam Gruel, said that there will be no charges against a deputy for shooting and killing 29-year-old Christopher Sewall after a chase. The DA says Sewall pulled out a gun as the deputy was chasing him, and then the deputy shot Sewall well, seven times. Everyone walked away from a crash between a car and an Amtrak train in Brookfield that happened over the weekend. This was Saturday on the railroad tracks at an intersection there. As Brookfield police say, a driver accidentally turned onto the train tracks. Both the driver and passenger got out of the car before the train arrived, and none of the 214 people on board the train were hurt. As we looked at their headlines, it's not quite poll day yet, but it will be, and they're planning here in Eau Claire, as Election Day isn't until April. But Eau Claire's clerk's office says they're already busy, and Deputy City Clerk Rebecca Drager says they will need a lot of poll workers this year. Of course, it's a presidential election. Always means higher turnout. Says about 400 people have signed up so far, but they are looking for more. There are 20 polling places in Eau Claire. Each needs 11 poll workers who can work all day. And of course, the more poll workers the city has, the smoother the day goes. Information online. We'll have that link set up for you. Easy. 715newsroom.com. On that note, when it comes to elections, as expected, there is now a lawsuit that's trying to keep former President Trump off the Wisconsin ballot. That's progressive activist Kirk Bangstad, who filed the lawsuit heading into the weekend in court in Madison. He took his 14th Amendment challenge to Trump to the Wisconsin Elections Commission, but the commissioners rejected that bid. From Mother Nature, we may have white stuff on the way, but northern Wisconsin was shaken by a small earthquake yesterday morning. Not something you hear often in our state, but the U.S. Geological Survey says a magnitude 2.5 earthquake rumbled near Crandon up in Forest County. Sheriff's Office says they got plenty of calls about that, and there are no reports of damages or injuries. Of course, earthquakes rare here in the dairy land. The last mini-quake was in Wapaka, and that was back in 2012. And there were rumblings in Lambeau. Don't need to remind you if you're a Packers fan, that was a nice win. And next up in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys are the second seed. They'll host the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round. That's next weekend's game. And if the game was stressful and now you kind of just got to decompress before we hit the playoffs as a fan, hey, I get it. In fact, get your rubber ducky and soak in those bubbles. The bubbles come from science. They create a layer of insulation to a bath that traps the heat and keeps the water hotter longer. That discovery was made by the Greeks in the 1500s 
B.C. And a long soak has properties we should embrace. A long hot bath improves circulation and stimulates the immune system. And the University of London says a one-hour bath can burn 140 calories. That's the same as walking for 30 minutes. I'm Bree Tennis. Well, before you can dip into the bubbles, we got to get back to the barn. And we do that now with Kristen Smith, Jill Wilkie, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you so much, Morgan. You have a great day as well. There she goes, Morgan McCarthy, in the newsroom with us this morning. And we're actually going to head over now. I see Jim Lindsay is beeping in on us. And Jim, you are with the Equity L Tuna Barn, obviously. Catch us up. How'd the sale go on Friday? Three to six hundred pound beef steers, dollar sixty to two fifty six. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, dollar fifty to two thirty six. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar fifty to two thirty four. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar forty to two oh seven. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar thirty to a dollar seventy nine. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar fifty nine. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, January nineteenth. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at seven one five eight three five three one zero four to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity livestock market consignment page and click on the altoona market this has been jim Lindsay reporting for equity livestock in altoona have a great day there he goes thank you so much jim that was jim Lindsay at the equity altoona barn and now jerry fitzgerald from the stratford equity barn is joining us now good morning jerry well Kristen, good morning to you and jill uh, jill are you there also i am here well who's the new girl you got in this morning <laughs> the new girl <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard from her for a while have we no, I couldn't. I couldn't resist it. That that wasn't very nice, so was it? <laughs> you know, a, a girl takes off around Christmas, and right away, I'm a slacker. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Now, come on. <laughs> now, anyway, but I trust that you had nice holidays with you and your family, Kristen. Yeah, so it was I, very nice. It was nice to spend at home with the kids, and they were off of school, so it just worked out really nice to be at home with when they were at home. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, anyway, well, we are uh, at Equity Stratford here this week. We are getting back to our normal four-day-a-week schedule, so we'll tell the folks about what's going to be happening. How about we do that? Sounds good, Jerry. Take it away. All right, Kristen, thank you, and a uh, very good morning to everyone. Like I mentioned, uh, we will get underway uh, Monday morning here uh, today. Uh, back to the four-day-a-week schedule. Our Monday auction does start this morning at 10 o'clock. We'll sell market cattle today, conventional market cattle, which include market cows, uh, fed cattle, and bulls. We'll get to those uh, baby calves today about 11.30, and then this afternoon we'll finish up with the rest of the market cattle. Tomorrow, Tuesday, our schedule tomorrow looks like this. We start at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning with the hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock, we'll do the market auction auction tomorrow. Uh, that will include con- uh, conventional market cattle along with organic cattle. We do sell organic cattle every Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. A busy day on Wednesday as we get started uh, Wednesday morning with the market auction. We sell most of our fed cattle also on Wednesday. And uh, feeder cattle sale this week uh, shaping up to be a big sale. We do have our feeder cattle sale starting at 1230 on Wednesday afternoon uh, this coming week here. Uh, we've got a lot of cattle consigned for that sale already. A lot of six to uh, uh, from about 450 to 650 weight cattle, several consignments of black black cattle, uh, black cross steers and heifers. Got a large consignment of 30 black steers and heifers. They're going to weigh about six, double vaccinated, and uh, something we don't see every day. Uh, we also have a consignment of white park cattle. So steers and heifers, they're going to weigh around 5, 550. Wean 50 days, uh, two rounds of shots on these white parks, and that will be uh, part of the feeder cattle sale on Wednesday at 11 o'clock 
start time on Thursday for our market auction, and baby calves also on Thursday. So, again, uh, 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 if you folks have cattle you want to uh, uh, sell this week or want us to put them on the consignment list, let us know, 687-4101. Just to note, our next dairy auction will be next Tuesday, January 16th. So, and we'll be back here tomorrow morning to give an update on the prices. Uh, looks like everything held fairly steady last week, and we'll see what happens this week. And, of course, uh, as all you ladies report every morning, the uh, dairy thing is just not the best of everything. I'm hoping that it's going to improve. And, and I know, Jill, you have a beef cattle. Do you have any white parks at your place? I do not have any white park. Okay. I have red Angus, I have Geltvies, and I have a few shorthorn that my son has. Okay, well, if uh, we've got some real neat pictures on our, on our uh, website of these white parks. They are nice-looking cattle, but I guess they're just about a, um, well, you know, I mean, uh, you've never had any of those, though, so you don't know how they do or whatever you wouldn't get them hanging, huh? Nope, I don't. I'm not acquainted with them. Okay. Well, maybe you want to, maybe I'll just, we'll just get a couple of these for you on Wednesday. No. Okay. <laughs> it'll, Did it'll I be answer her too Valentine's quickly? Day gift. What is that? It'll be her Valentine's Day gift from you. Uh, yeah, but if she doesn't really like them, then I'd probably, well, whatever, we won't go there. But anyway, so. Hey, but you know, if they're free, to me. Oh, oh, there's an angle, isn't there? There always is. All right, well, you ladies have a nice day, and uh, Kristen, uh, glad to see you back, and uh, we will be talking to uh, uh, Jill tomorrow, going to be in? Yep, she'll be in tomorrow. Very good. All right, you folks have a nice day, and also uh, don't have to worry about too much weather conditions today. Snow's coming in, what, later on this evening, I yep, guess? around 5 o'clock. Oh, sounds good. All right, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, and in the meantime, everybody have a nice day. Sounds good, Jerry. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. As we get into the new year, what's it like out in those old cornfields? Dan Undersander joins us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And, uh, Dan, when you and I visited, uh, and what we've got today may be different, but when we're visiting, we don't have any snow on the ground, or very little, and uh, a lot of corn stalks out there. Is this better to graze when there's no snow or when there's snow out there for those uh, corn stalks? And what are some of the do's and don'ts for turning the cattle out there? Yes, Bob, uh, there can be a lot of uh, nutrition left in corn stalks in a field, and actually even more so than if the corn stalks are baled, because uh, when we're grazing corn stalks on a field, we have some grain left behind, we have a few more leaves out in the field, and those are both are pretty high in quality. As we go to baling the residue, we tend to lose a little bit of each, so the baled residue is not quite as high as the uh, residual corn stalks in the field after picking the grain. The um, major thing, of course, to maximize the quality of that, first is uh, this is a clear opportunity now before we have snow cover, because without the snow cover, the cattle can get right down to what's on the ground and can pick up um, any grain that was dropped by the combine uh, uh, and some of the leaves that fell off the corn that will be covered with snow should that uh, should we have a, a snowfall. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that um, it really is a good idea to try to allocate portions of the pastures. Uh, with some electric fencing uh, to go out and just give a portion of the field. 
Uh, I'm not suggesting that this is appropriate for dairy cattle, but certainly for growing heifers, uh, for soccer cattle of any kind, uh, this can be a good way to provide a significant portion of the nutrition that they need without uh, having to use uh, hay stocks of one kind or another. The uh, major kind of things that we need to think about if we're grazing corn stalks is that the corn stalks are a bit low in protein, and so a protein supplement might be beneficial to cattle grazing corn stalks. The corn stalks will generally run around um, oh, uh, 6 to maybe as high as 10% crude protein, and we'd like to see something around 12 to 14 percent crude protein in the diet of growing beef cattle. So do do think about this as a possibility. Um, do consider also that this is a possibility for sheep and goats to graze some of this area and to uh, provide actually sufficient nutrition for them through the winter period. So. Look at that residue in the field. Uh, one option is to bale it, which a lot of people have done. Uh, another option, if fencing is available, is to make the corn stalks available to our animals. And uh, I might say in some parts of the country that provides a significant nutrition over winter. And it can for us, too, especially now that we're lacking snow cover. All right, and it's also a good way to get the manure spread out, too, rather than having them all in a lot. So some benefits of grazing those corn stalks on our alfalfa update program this morning with our state forage specialist, Dan Undersander. I'm Bob Bosold. Thank you so much, Bob, for that update. And speaking of updates, Jill, we've got calendar items coming up. I think there's an event tomorrow, isn't there? Well, there's a couple of events tomorrow. It's the first nutrient management education workshop happening at the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona tomorrow starting at 11 and going till 2. Lunch is provided, so you need to call ahead. And the workshops are a little different this year. They're going to focus more on the education part and not so much on helping you fill out those nutrient management plans. But good time to go, and there's two more later on in this month. And tomorrow night from 6 to 8 p.m., the USDA is having an open house in Menominee at their office at 390 Red Cedar Street in Menominee. And it's a program, it's a meet and greet event, so it's in person to help new farmers or, you know, the more experienced farmers get up to date on those programs that are out there. Oh, that's some good stuff. That would be a good meeting to go to. Yeah, it sounds like it's in it. It's in connection with Go Farm Connect. Okay, and uh, you need to go to the Go Farm Connect website and get registered for that because they're going to have some snacks Ooh. and they're going to be handing out some packets, and they'd like to know who's coming. Yeah, no, that's I like when they do that. I mean, I know some people are like, "Oh, I don't know how to register the smartphones." You know, even if you call them, they'll walk you through it. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for those updates, Jill. And you'll be talking about more events, I'm sure, tomorrow. Yep. We'll have them all lined up for you. Perfect. Well, let's take a look at our markets one last time this morning, shall we? On the Chicago Board of Trade, your March corn was down a fraction at 460. Oats were up six cents for March at 359. Your March beans were down two at 1253. March soybean meal was down 20 cents at 369.20 a ton. March wheat was down nine at 606. 
Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump in Arcadia, was at 419 for corn. Baldwin's at 396 for corn, 1169 for beans. Chippewa Falls is at 390 and 1187. Durand is at 391 and 1159. Mondovi's at 396 and 1164. Elmwood is at 401 for corn, 1169 for beans. Fall Creek is at 391, 1159. Osseo's at 406 and 1169. We've got Loyal's at 390 and 1163. Elk Mound is at 395 for corn, 1176 for beans. Sparta's at 399 and 1163. Ellsworth is at 381 for corn, 1164 for beans. Ethanol plants in the area. Boyceville's at 412. Stanley's at 416. New Richmond's at 411. Switching over to the dairy side, barrel cheese was down a half a cent on Friday to $1.41. Your blocks were down two to $1.43.5. Double A grade butter that took a big hit on Friday, down seven and a half cents to two fifty seven and a half. And your class three futures for January were down fourteen cents to fifteen twelve. February down nine to fifteen fifty three. March down sixteen to sixteen sixteen. April was down twelve cents to seventeen dollars. May was down just a dime to seventeen sixty five. But then those markets were downward trending through December. That's a look at your morning markets. We're a few minutes before we got to head on out because we got chores to do. But we do have winter storm warnings and winter storm watches coming in later today. We're at 27 degrees right now. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 33. Snow is going to start later on today around 5 o'clock or so. Expecting an inch tonight and then tomorrow possibly more. Snow in the morning, cloudy in the afternoon for tomorrow with a high of 34. And then temps are going to drop. Wednesday's only a high of 29 degrees. So get up, get at them, get outside, enjoy your day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.